What up all you beautiful Misfits and Rejects out there? Thank you for joining me for episode 248 of Misfits and Rejects. Today's episode, I spoke with Jen and Steve-O Jocelyn from Two Can Travel YouTube channel. Jen and Steve-O have been on the show before individually as a couple. In fact, they were one of the originals in episode 13, which was many, many years ago. It was really fun to reconnect with them. They are living a fully nomadic life. They're utilizing the website trustedhousesitters.com which is a website that allows you to travel around the world, house-sitting for people, house-sitting their pets. And they've been rent-free for 18 months, which is a really cool accomplishment. They have some income coming in from their teaching careers online, and they've really just designed this really cool life for themselves that we both set the same goal many years to go together, actually, in Southern California, where we all grew up. And they've been, like myself, progressively working towards it and finally found their stride four years ago with this combination of house-sitting work and travel, still trying to really build their blog and YouTube channel, Two Can Travel, which you should definitely check out if you're a couple looking to do something similar. They really show that you don't need a lot of money to do this lifestyle. You can be floating around these beautiful cities in Europe, staying in the French countryside, house-sitting someone's beautiful villa, just taking care of either the house or the animal that resides there. And then moving on to the next one, six weeks, two months later, depending on how long the stint is. I think it's a really cool, viable option for somebody who already has remote work or somebody who wants to jump in the game of being a digital nomad. The online English teaching thing has very little barrier to entry. And then you can combine that with this house-sitting gig and boom, you're off and running. So definitely check them out. You'll learn a lot from their YouTube channel, Two Can Travel. And if you want to go back into the archives and kind of listen to their story a little bit more about them, you can go to episode 13. And then I had Steve-O back on for episode 104, individually talking about his comedy career. And then Jen in episode 219, talking about medical tourism and her life as a blogger. So thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Jen and Steve-O Jocelyn from Two Can Travel. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today we are joined by Jen and Steve-O Jocelyn from the Two Can Travel YouTube channel and blog. Welcome to the show. Hey, Chapin. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, guys. So I did some research, and you guys were on the show um, like what, like six years ago, you were episode 13 when you guys were living wow. in Cambodia. Wow. Hard to believe it's been that long. I know it's crazy. It's just, I mean, the, the amount of time that I've been doing this number one, and then two, the amount of time that's passed and the amount of places that you guys have been around the world is incredible. How many stamps do you guys have in your passport at this point? Oh, that's a good question. We're in the high twenties, but we haven't counted. No, it's been a while since we've done a, a good stamp count. I, yeah, definitely the high twenties. You got to be way more than that, dude. I mean, I off the top of my head, no, I've been to like forty countries, and I think you've easily surpassed me. I don't know. We travel pretty slowly, so we do get around, but we're usually in a place for like one to four months. So, yeah, we we do a lot of travel flights often within a country. So, 
Okay, cool. Well, yeah, that's why you're here today. And I'm really excited to kind of dive into your world because I know you both been at your various sort of entrepreneurial endeavors. Jen, you've been really working hard on your blog and YouTube channel. I know Steve, you've also been a huge part of that. But Steve, you've also over the years tried to develop your comedy career on the road. And you kind of have hit a stride recently with um, house sitting and pet sitting around the world, helping you prolong your stay on the road, living, you know, this dream life of travel and seeing all these beautiful new countries. And I wanted you to kind of come on and just share your existence with the audience and kind of how it all works. So maybe, Jen, if you wouldn't mind taking the baton right now and kind of giving us a, a little update on how you got into it and how it's going. Sure. Um, so we've been house sitting now for about three years. Uh, we got started in May of 2019. Um, but it was kind of born out of desperation at that time. Uh, um, as you know, Chapin, because we've connected over the years at various points in our journeys, uh, we had been teaching at international schools for about six years, first in China and then in Cambodia. Uh, but we knew we wanted to travel more and we had started our travel blog and had very little bit of success with it. So we thought, oh, it's a great time to quit our jobs and <laughs> do that full time and we'll be making money you know, in no time. And um, so in 2018, we started this digital nomad life journey and <laughs> we we had a lot of hiccups along the way. Um, and in, within like eight months, we were pretty much out of money <laughs> and not earning very much. And uh, we were in Bangkok, Thailand at the time and friends of ours were getting married and they had a cat. So they asked if um, while they went abroad for their wedding, if we could take care of their cat for a few weeks. And that was a saving grace for us. And then that time, um, free rent for a few weeks was huge. Um, and we also found out about a website called Trusted House Sitters that was uh, a pet sitting website. And we thought, you know, this is a pretty cool thing. Let's let's pay the hundred bucks or whatever it was for this annual membership to this house sitting website. And if we at least get one house sit, that'll more than pay for it, you know. Um, and so we started applying and there happened to be a house sit in Bangkok, Thailand coming up like a couple months later. So we applied and met the owners and they liked us and they accepted us for that sit. Um, and that was kind of the beginnings of everything. And I don't want to get too into it, but it was just like this also very serendipitous um, situation for us because <laughs> we were having this financial struggle at the time and trying to figure all that out. But also I, um, I was a bit like feeling a bit sick. And it was at that same time that I went to the doctor and found out I had a tumor on my ovary. And um, long story short, I ended up getting surgery in Bangkok. And the hospital I went to was one of the best in um, in all of Thailand. It was around the corner from where we were house sitting. So I was able to walk to all these appointments and even walk to the surgery on the day of the surgery. And it was all just, um, yeah, really lucky in that sense. And so everything just kind of came together in a really amazing way as hard as that time was um and like we were just so grateful for the house sitting so yeah i mean i think i forget if we covered that jen i mean jen has been on a couple times so steve individually and jen was uh 219 episode i feel like we covered kind of that whole you know travel um medical travel tourism concept in our last episode jen do you remember maybe we did yeah yeah, so if folks want to check that out, it's episode 215. Um, but real quick, because this really, I think, is a cool point. I'd love to have people kind of realize as a part of travel, life, just life in general, how 
you know, you're in that very desperate moment. Obviously, you were stressed. Um, and then this opportunity presented itself because of a little bit of luck and a little bit of effort. Like, were you guys scrambling super hard trying to look at all the various avenues to sustain yourself on the road? Um, were you more, like, casual about it, just, like, knowing that it would work out? Can you kind of take us through that turmoil, that time where it was uncertain what was going to happen next? Because a lot of times people glaze over this, and I think it's a very pivotal moment. We we were deep kimchi, like, borrowing money from our parents really, really at our wits' end. And we had no idea how to get ourselves out of the hole we had dug ourselves. We had burned through our savings in no time at all. Yeah. And the blog was not working the way, was not generating the income that we needed to sustain ourselves. And it was actually like a, a, a one-two punch of goodness because at the same time we discovered house-sitting, we also started teaching online. And so we were figuring out how to not pay rent and how to bring some cash in. And so we, you know, within uh, a very short period, we were able to totally turn our lives around through the combination of not paying rent and making money teaching online. That is awesome. And that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That like, it's, it's actually a simple equation. You know, it's like the house sitting, it's obviously not your home. Some people might perceive it as not a comfortable environment to really relax into, but at the same time it is a home and you have a rent free environment that now you can just start stacking cash in a, in a country that's not that expensive to then get your groceries. So like you just pointed out, you can easily turn your life around. And then did you have a pretty big chunk saved by the time that house sitting ended? How, how long were you there for in Bangkok? Uh, that one was about six weeks. So, um, yeah, we were definitely able to get back on our feet uh, during that time and feel like, OK, this could work. We can really keep going. And we have. And, and it's through that combination that everything's really been possible for us since 2019. Wow. So Trusted House Sitters is kind of your go-to, or are there multiple websites that you guys utilize at this point? That's the one that we use. Uh, we've landed now 10 house sits through them. We have two more on the books coming up with the uh, Trusted House Sitters. Um, and then we've also done a few for friends and friends of friends, because once word got out that we were doing this, people just started reaching out to us, um, which has been amazing. So, um, What does it look like as far as the the interface of the website and the reality of say someone listening right now, paying that hundred bucks, jumping on and getting a job as quickly as you did. I mean, I would imagine maybe the market's saturated. It's difficult. Like you have to have maybe a few house sits under your belt to have a decent profile. Can you kind of take us through the, the combination of things that you think people need to really utilize this service? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, if you've never done pet sitting or house sitting before, um, then what we did and what friends of ours who, who were house sitting already recommended for us to do is you can, you can start your profile. You basically set up, write out your background. Um, if you have any experience with, with pets of your own or, or any animals at all, you can share about that. But then in terms of having references, you can just ask friends of yours or family members to write you character references and, um, just speak to like how you are as a person. And so we did that. We got four character references to start out with, um, and that that was enough to land us our first house set um, to get us that kind of credibility. Then you make sure after that to always get a reference from the homeowners after every sit, and you know, like go in above and beyond, keep their house super clean, cleaner than when you got there. Um, you know, do everything 
really well for them and, and you'll quickly build up a really solid profile. Yeah. So take us through that a little bit because, I mean, you now are acting as not, I mean, essentially like the renter, if you will, even though you're not paying rent. So you do have to keep the place clean. Obviously, you have to keep the animal alive. Neighbors could be watching. There could be cameras in the home. I mean, have you encountered stuff like that where you know you're being watched? Huh. <laughs> I sure hope not. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, I mean, because just within the Airbnb world that I live in, I know you guys have been through, like, people usually have at least one camera kind of floating in the house somewhere that I kind of search for and try to unplug or find, you know? And I haven't always found it, but I know it's a, it's very common within the places that we frequent, like, you know, Southeast Asia and Vietnam and stuff like that. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I, I guess I can't nudes now. I know. I wonder what's floating out there. Um uh, we have not felt we we are always in communication with the homeowner while we're house sitting, letting them know, you know, sitting, you know, the, the animals are still alive, the plants are still alive, uh, and then there are usually logistical things to take care of for them, collecting the mail and keeping the house in, in working order. Uh, one time the washing machine broke while we were staying in a place, and the homeowner was able to come and fix it himself. One, that wasn't really <laughs> but, um, so we but we're always in communication and letting them know that we know that they might be watching <laughs> I, I haven't really felt that way i mean as long as you're not like you know obviously you're not going to like throw a crazy party in this this person's home or or do anything wrong so i haven't felt that that at all um it's a good question, though, and I've never thought about the camera thing, so now I'm a little sketched out. We're in an Airbnb right now in, in Bulgaria, so now I'm, like, looking around. Okay, so you're not house-sitting in Bulgaria. You're in an Airbnb? Yeah, so we do we do, do a combo of house-sitting and Airbnbs, um, and we, yeah, so for this, this stretch of time, which is about two months, we're just in Airbnbs. Okay, really cool. So, yeah, what took you to Bulgaria, then? We uh, friends of ours had been st- stayed here in May, I believe, and they just had nothing but beautiful things to say about it. And we saw pictures of it, and so we were thinking of different, a couple of different places to go. And this is one that is outside of the Schengen zone and is absolutely beautiful and pretty affordable. So we thought, hey, why the heck not? Yeah, and we had spent um, spent the summer in Spain and France mostly, which are in the Schengen. Uh, area and Americans can only stay there for 90 days. So we needed to get out. So, so just so the audience understands the Schengen zone is what, uh, Western Europe. Yeah. There's about 26 Mm -hmm. countries in the EU that make up the Schengen area. Um, and as Americans, you can only be within the Schengen zone for 90 days out of 180 days at a time. So, uh, after, you know, if you want to stay in Europe for longer than that, then you need to leave the zone. And that usually takes you to Eastern Europe. Um, I see. So you're in Bulgaria now kind of waiting out that period in a new country that you haven't been to and you're in an Airbnb. Yep, exactly. And then can I ask uh, if you don't mind sharing, like how much will that Airbnb cost you for the next two months? Um, I want to say it was about 1200 bucks for this stretch of time that we've paid for Airbnb. Nice. So that's like 600 a month. Yeah, roughly that. Yeah. That's awesome. And then how are you, are you still teaching? How are you generating income at this point? Yeah, we are still teaching. Um, we used to teach for a company called VIP Kid, which was uh, based in China. 
but China changed their laws uh, in 2021 and they no longer allow students to be taught by foreign teachers online. So we basically lost all of that income overnight, which was a big blow last year. Um, but that's also kind of cool because it, you know, it was a very easy and lucrative job, which was great, but it was keeping us in our comfort zone and it, it really pushed us out to try some new things. And that's when we decided to start our YouTube channel, um, which we just got monetized for last month. So it took us 10 months in total to get to that point, which is pretty cool, we think. Um, a lot of hard work, but <laughs> something we would not have done if we'd been still in that other job. Um, and then we got new jobs with another language company, and now we're teaching adults in Europe mostly. So that's also been cool um, and and interesting and something new. So. And so with the YouTube channel, that was also something that was probably in the back of your mind because you've been doing this blog for so long, but it never really made the effort. And then within 10 months, you're able to monetize. I mean, that's really cool. Is it bringing in like 100 bucks a month, less, more? Uh, less so far. I think we've made like 35 bucks our first month. Um, and, you know, it's more than it's more than zero. And it's um, <laughs> it's really exciting to us, even though it sounds small. It's just the beginning. Um, and yeah, we only have one month of of income so far from it. Uh, it's, it's very early days for that side of it, but um, we're really pumped even though it's like a dollar a day right now. It still feels cool. Absolutely. I've been on, I've watched a few of your videos and they're great. You guys do a really good job as you know, married couple cruising mostly through the ones that I've seen are mostly through uh, Europe area. I mean, you were in what Albania at one point. Yeah. We spent four months in Albania uh, and it's absolutely an amazing country. And if anyone out there um, is looking to come to Europe, Americans get a full year in Albania without a visa. So that's um, really something special that not I don't think any other countries get that long. Mm -hmm. What's the cost of living like in Albania? Super affordable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's cool. And, Go ahead, Steve. -O. And people speak English very well. They're very friendly. The food is good. Uh, they have it's and it's on the Mediterranean, so there are beautiful stretches of beach, you know, with nothing around uh, down on the southern coast. And you're just just north of Greece, so they got really good olive oil too. Yeah, you're right across from Italy. It's it's an amazing part of the world, highly underrated. And yeah, if you're listening, get to Albania. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, give us the ethos of the Two Can Travel blog YouTube channel. I mean, I kind of mentioned you're, you, you know, married couple, been traveling. Like, what are you trying to convey to individuals who follow you? I mean, just that if, if you desire this kind of life of exploring, meeting people, trying new things, trying new foods, um, you know, doing things outside of what society has told you you need to do. Um, we, we live this lifestyle. We've been living this lifestyle now for four years of, of constant travel and we are by no means rich. Um, it's super doable if it's if it's the dream that's on your heart <laughs> and just to go for it um, because you will figure it out and you gain a lot of trust in yourself along the way. What do you think your, um, and if you don't mind sharing roughly, like your collective income is per month to like sustain both of your lifestyles on the road? Well, at the moment, not as much as we would like, but I would say we spend probably on average about two grand a month. Yep. That would have been my guess. That's kind of like, I think a lot of our goal when we start this journey is just to make two grand a month. And 
it's crazy hard, which is was so interesting to me because I thought it'd be so easy to get to that point. And I've been at it now eight years and not even come close to making that. But it's yeah, so rad that you guys have. Well, we're, we're, you know, since losing the jobs last year, it's been, um, <laughs> it's been less than that. We've been, we were very lucky during COVID that we taught almost seven days a week for VIP kid and banked as much money as possible. And we've really been sustaining ourselves on that. But um, things are finally starting to come together for us in some different ways. So we're feeling positively about where we're headed. And we're hoping to get to that 2K <laughs> mark soon. But we're honestly not there right now. Well, this is great because, like I said, you guys were episode 13. Uh, you both individually come on episode. Steve, you're episode 104, Jen. 219. So this is like incrementally multiple year spans. And in each episode, we were kind of always just talking about the the passions that we have for this lifestyle, the struggles that we're going through. And you guys have been able to sustain yourself full time on the road for four years without, you know, having that safety and security of full time jobs that you either are working for somebody else or, you know, you've your entrepreneurial endeavors have fruited. Um, and it's just so cool to hear the perseverance within what you guys do. And it can it's such a good example that you can do it. It just takes a little bit of creativity, a little bit of sacrifice. I mean, I wasn't willing to sacrifice my time teaching because I hated it so much. So that kind of has left me in California. And I'd love to be where you guys are, but I've had to kind of rethink what I'm willing to sacrifice to sustain the life that you guys have achieved so i just want to you know take my hat off to you guys and say congratulations because really i'm really tremendously inspired by what you've accomplished thank you very much yeah thank you that means a lot and we're inspired by you i mean i don't know if um this has been covered before but chapin and i were next door neighbors growing up and you know you're a few years older than i am and i you started traveling the world at a young age like i think right after university right Mm mm-hmm and I always looked to you and thought, wow, what a cool life he's living. And I was always inspired by you. So you're a part of the reason that I went on this journey in the first place. Oh, well, thank you, Jen. I appreciate that. Yeah, we've known each other our whole lives. And it's uh, always a pleasure just to keep in touch with people that I love and, and get inspired by them as well. Before, uh, well, I'd like to jump into actually a little bit about Steve-O because steve has been chasing a dream of stand-up comedy for a lot of years now, and I'd like to get a little update for the audience since we kind of covered it in 104, but steve how's that going? It is going really well. So we, you and I, do you remember when, when that was? What, what, I can't remember the date of when we spoke. I would say that was 2019, um, I believe. It could have been 18, but I think it was 2019 in Bangkok, October. Hmm. Ah, Wow. Okay, so right around that time, I was just I would I was I was touring. I was touring around Asia. I and as a headliner, uh, I had done five countries up to that point. I think I was in Bangkok, and I was probably on my way to China. Yes, that's true. Do You're doing that uh, like um, competition. Oh, okay. So that must have been earlier in the year because I, I think we spoke earlier in the year because I was doing the headlining stuff. I headlined in. Thailand, Cambodia, Malaysia, Singapore, and China at the like right around the end of nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, yes, I did go to that competition and I lost, but that's okay. And so I was on my way up. I was, uh, you know, everything was looking great. And then uh, something happened in twenty twenty, which prevented me from touring a lot more. We were actually in uh, Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur 
because I was going to headline one of the comedy clubs there when they shut the country down for COVID. And we were, and we went and got a house sit, and I was able to get the house sit. We were ended up being in for six months because uh, the woman was she's the woman we were house sitting for was Danish. She left. She was able to leave the country, but then not get back in. And the only reason she picked us to do the house sit is because I was a comedian, and she saw me as a fellow artist, so I tricked her. Painter, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, I was able to do a little bit of comedy over COVID, uh, but I'm back back on the grind. I actually had I did a gig last night here in Plovdiv, um, and that was really a lot of fun. I was able to headline in Spain in Barcelona over the summer, and I, I I did a lot of gigs all over Manchester. Did some paid gigs there, and that was really cool to see because I've been doing comedy in all over the world. But as you know, like this this niche thing where it's English language comedy in all these different parts of the world. So it was really cool to see that the jokes still work in an English speaking country. Yeah, that is cool. I I'd like to know a little bit more about how you feel like your star is rising within that niche, because at this point, I feel like you probably are fairly well known. Would that be accurate to say within the, the traveling comedy circuit? Yeah, I, I always know. We, I always have a common connection with every scene. Wherever I go, I will always know. We, I always have someone in common, a friend in common with the people I meet. Okay. So they, so um, I myself might not be known, but we usually know the same people, and that is, you know, it, the whole the whole game is who you know. Um, so people, I, I was, I was on Romanian TV. Uh, last year, and so that has been my calling card around this part of the world. Uh, I've been able to send that clip out to people. They're like, "Okay, you you obviously know what you're doing because you can uh, speak English to a crowd that doesn't speak English and make them laugh." So we'll give you some stage time for that. How'd you get that gig? Because I think this is another great example of it's it's always that feeling of we're uh, kind of a big fish in a small pond, if you will. Like as a comedian in Romania. Like I would imagine you're kind of a hot commodity, why, which is why you got on that television show. What it was like, uh, Romania's Got Talent or something like that? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, it was like Romania's Got Talent but focused more on stand-up comedy. Um, I got that gig because I just kept showing up to the open mics. And there was a woman in the crowd who saw me. She was a producer for the show. And she, she sent me... Uh, a message on Facebook said, hey, you want to be on Romanian TV? And I said, sure, why not? <laughs> and it wasn't until the day I showed up for to shoot the show uh, in early September of 21 that I real, uh, that I knew it wasn't a catfish. Because up until that point, I didn't know if it was real. What do you think they were going to do, like harvest your organs or something like that? Yeah, legitimately. Legitimately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I got two kidneys. It's worth trying to be on Romanian TV. <laughs> yeah, dude. So to, I'd like to know more details about this because, you know, to do stand up to an audience who I'm assuming didn't really understand what you were saying and you still made them laugh. Like, how does that work? I, um, I learned a couple of phrases in the local language to put people at ease. Um, and I really, you know, make light of the fact that I don't speak the local language so that, you know, I, I, I put myself below the audience so they know that they can just laugh at me and I'm not going to be like, I'm here to teach you comedy. I'm there apologizing. Like, I don't speak the language, but I'm going to try to make you laugh. Thanks for having me. And so that 
um, relationship between myself and the audience makes it easier for them to accept me as a foreigner. And the fact that I, I just tell people I'm from California and they automatically assume that I'm a lot cooler than I am. And I'd never disabuse them of that notion. <laughs> they loved you so much that they, they kept bringing you back for the multiple rounds. Is that correct? And they even flew you from where England back to Romania for the final round. Oh, baby. Oh, <laughs> baby. So um, I, we were in France at the time doing a house sit. Um, and we were in the middle of nowhere and our folks, Jen's parents and my mom came out to, to visit us. And, and um, Romania has the same rules as the Schengen zone where Americans are allowed to have 90 days in a 180 day period. And I was, my episode aired in, I believe around like around this time, I guess around this time last year. And it was an audience vote or a, like an internet vote. So anybody could vote for it. And I won my episode, which meant I, was going to go back in early December to shoot my the shoot for the finals, and they they were going to they were going to fly me out. They're going to put me up in a hotel, and the whole nine yards, the whole the whole treatment. And my mom was going to come along to see her baby boy on Romanian television because you know that doesn't happen every day. And the I was talking to the producer and I said, I said, hey guys, you know I was there for ninety days already. I think I'm going to need a visa. Uh, to get back into the country. They said, no, don't worry about that. We're a very famous TV show. Everyone's heard about us. We'll give you a piece of paper that says, we want Steve to be here. Please let him into the country, and that should be totally fine. I get to Romanian immigration. The woman scans my passport, and uh, she says, do you have a visa? I say, no, but I do have this piece of paper that says, please let me in. And then she gave me a piece of paper from the Romanian government that said, no, thank you. Wow. So I got to spend the night in airport jail with a couple other rapscallions, uh, deported back to Paris. My mom booked a hotel room and I ended up shooting my spot over Skype, like we are talking now, uh, onto like the big screen behind the, sc uh, behind the stage. And uh, I made it through to the finals there, uh, like the top four uh, contenders. And then because they were going to do the announcement live, then they shot everybody winning like they do for all reality TV shows. So you can't leak the winner. And so there is, and you're not going to believe this, but the Romanian people decided to vote for, uh, not the foreigner who got deported and doesn't speak Romanian. They got, they chose a local guy over me. <laughs> what a cool experience. I mean, I can't imagine it was that fun as it was happening, but what a great story. I mean, was, was it like threatening at all to be in custody in the Romanian airport or was it just pretty cash? It was very casual. It, we were basically just in like a lounge area. It was basically like waiting for a flight that I was 24 hours early for. Okay. Uh, there was a guard there, but he took a very nice nap. Uh, the only thing keeping us in airport jail was a row of seats that we could just walk around. And we could we had free reign of the – we just couldn't leave the airport. But we could walk around, buy stuff out of the vending machines. I ended up they, – they asked me to – the producers asked me to shoot my spot on my phone to send to them, but I kept getting heckled by all the announcements. Like, oh, so I'd be trying to tell a joke, and then I'd say, please remember to pick your, up your baggage. Were they apologetic at all, like, because they obviously fucked up? Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. They – I don't know. I guess they'd never run into this situation before or if they were just – Purposefully negligent. I mean, I I really don't know. I'm not going to attribute to malice what is probably attributable to 
dumbness. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't think they were doing it out of out of malice. I think it was just they didn't know what to do. I see. Yeah. What's uh, it look like within the Bulgarian scene right now? You said you were doing stand up last night. Any opportunities to jump on a television show or a competition show? I'm trying. I'm trying. If they got one shooting in the next couple of <laughs> next couple of weeks, I'll do it. Nice. So you guys have two more months now in Bulgaria, and then where do you think you go next? We just have a few more weeks, actually. Um, yeah, we leave here at the end of November, and we've got two house sits lined up next um, in London, and then another one in Western UK. So actually, we um, we're sorted until April with house sits. We only have about sixteen days in between those house sits that we need to figure out what we're doing. Um, but yeah, we're in pretty good shape coming up here. That's amazing. So what is the average time for these house sits? Does it vary or is it usually like a six-week stay? It totally varies. Um, you could find some that are just for a day or two. Um, so if you even just, you know, there's tons of them in the U.S. So if you just wanted like a weekend away or something, you could find that kind of thing or just to pop up to L.A. for a few days. Um, there's loads. But we always look for the long-term ones. So we always put in the search like a month minimum and then we just what those are and apply for those. Um, it's just nicer for us with the working online to get into a groove and have some routine and, and be in places for longer. We've just found that that's kind of the pace that we like. So, And then with the work that you do do and say your, your time's up within the house sitting scene and you have that interim time, is it easy for you to stop working, do the travel bit, whether it's a day or two of flights and trains and buses and then jump back into the game? It is, yes. We're we're very lucky in that we usually make our own schedule. We're not really beholden uh, the way we make our schedules for the way we teach now. We pick the days we teach, and so if we need, we know. And because our schedules are prescribed by the house sits, we can say, oh, we know we're going to travel sometime in January, so we just know to not work on those days. Yeah, I see. Very cool. Very cool. So you guys are two can travel on YouTube and I'm assuming it's www.twocantravel.com as well. If the audience wants to see what you do and do you have like an outline of how to accomplish this type of lifestyle within your blog? We do. Yeah. We actually um, just read the book or we're, we're currently both reading the book, um, the 12 week year. And just this afternoon, actually, we sat down and made kind of our next 12 week plan of, of what we want to accomplish with the blog, with YouTube, with um, teaching, with everything. So that's been that's been a helpful kind of way to outline our lives. And, and so the the 12 week year helps you kind of move the needle forward as you try to accomplish a more viable sort of business model on the road. Exactly. Yeah, I see. And then Steve, there's more question with your comedy like. I mean, ultimately, you want to make it as a full-time stand-up comedian. Is that correct? That's the dream, baby. And then, so real quick for Jen, if he then starts making, pulling in that two grand a month, does that then leave you just working full-time on the blog, or would you continue to uh, teach? Um, It would depend. I think our ultimate dream would be to have the blog and the YouTube be our main source of income. I mean, like most people, we're always interested in that passive income and that's starting to come in more and more. So yeah, I don't know if Steve-O got opportunities. I mean, he also does writing projects. Um, so if something like that came through that brought us to LA or New York or something like that, we'd be totally open. I think the, the major dream is just to have the finances in place so that we have options, you know? Yeah. 
just that freedom to kind of move when you want. So you're not staying away from America because you don't like it. It's just more like interest in travel, seeing new countries. But if something brought you back, you'd be okay with that? Um, I say that now. I don't know. I honestly don't prefer to live in America if I'm if I'm being honest. Um, but we, we would do it. Yeah. That's probably the only opportunity that I would do it. Yeah, for comedy. That would be the biggest thing. I see. Um, would you guys ever consider giving up your U.S. citizenship if you were able to get another one in a different country that you preferred? Perhaps. Because we've just been kind of making ends meet for the past few years, we haven't run into large tax situations. Um, but uh, when we do eventually inevitably make our millions – then we'll start seeing what we uh, need to do in terms of our obligation to Uncle Sam. Uh, it's actually interesting you ask that. Friends of ours um, are trying to get residency here in Bulgaria right now. And uh, we found out that here and Portugal are two of the best places to, um, two of the places with the least barrier to entry for people who do want to get residency. And the tax situation here in Bulgaria is amazing. You only pay 10% in taxes if your business is registered here. Yeah, there's a lot of great opportunities out there. And yeah, I've heard of Bulgaria as well as Portugal um, and had a few people on the podcast who specialize in this sort of thing. It's definitely something I think about a lot. I just got my Mexican residency, as I told you guys. That doesn't necessarily give me any tax benefits, but it was just nice to kind of take that first step, learn the process and start thinking about all the various options because, as Steve said, inevitably we all will be rolling the dough at some point and our tax responsibility will become an issue. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if we'd give up our U.S. citizenship, but I think dual residency or dual citizenship would be on the card at some yeah. point. Yeah. I think one thing that people are afraid of is because they think they're not going to be able to come back to the United States once they give it up, which is not the case at all. I mean, a lot of people give it up and then they just, you know, come in as a tourist or they apply for like 10 year multi-entry and you can just get married to an American citizen and go through the process of becoming an American citizen. Again, it's not like you're annexed for life. Like there are ways to regain your U S citizenship if you chose to. That's true. Yeah. And, and we are so grateful for the passport privilege that we do have as Americans. I mean, yeah, it's it, a good point. It is a passport privilege, that's for sure. Yeah. So, guys, if you could talk to individually one person, I think each one of you should take a turn on this, who wants to get into this lifestyle, this house-sitting, pet-sitting lifestyle, what would you tell them to encourage them to try it? Uh, just do it. You know, there are so many different types of house-sitting websites out there that it, and it doesn't have to be what we do. It doesn't have to be these multiple month spans in different countries. Like Jen said earlier, it could just be a weekend away where you can go live in a big city where you normally wouldn't be able to afford rent or, or, or hotel. And it is entirely possible. And it's a cool way to see different parts of the world. We've gone to places we never would have been to otherwise. Rural France, on, on, on two, two different occasions. Just these places that it, it, it opens up your possibilities and your imagination to see where you can go and what is possible. You, you, it doesn't have to just be Paris. It doesn't need to be these major cities. It can be really anywhere because people live everywhere and they like to go on vacation and they got pets that you can take care of. Mm -hmm. Jen? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think we spoke to this too much, but, um, you know, we've, like I said, we've done 10 pet sits through trusted house sitters and that's amounted to over 18 months of free rent for us. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's incredible to think about the tens of thousands of dollars that we've saved at this point through house sitting. Um, and we've met so many interesting people and nice pets along the way. So, (laughs) um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that can open up your world. Like Steve-O said, um, you know, we've gone, we've spent time in Hong Kong. We've spent time in the Alps, like the French Alps. We've, we've definitely gone places we never would have otherwise. I would say just go for it. Um, and yeah, there's no reason that, you know, if we can do it, anyone can do it. We're not really special. <laughs> so. I love it guys. Thank you so much for the reconnect. It's such a pleasure to catch up with you and I wish you all the best. You too, Jay. Great talking to you, buddy. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. It was so fun to reconnect with you. Love watching you on Instagram at Two Can Travel. Watching your YouTube channel always keeps me excited and pumped to keep moving the needle in the direction of the lifestyle that you have created. Hats off to you. Congratulations. And folks, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate you. If you like this episode or you know somebody who wants to live this type of lifestyle, give it a share. That's definitely the best way for me to grow my audience, develop more of a following, and hopefully for myself, turn Misfits and Rejects into a full-time podcasting gig. So please hit that subscribe button on whatever you're listening to this on. I think you all are so very beautiful, and I'll see you next week's episode. Take care. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.